Don't touch that dial. It's Vinyl Vibrations with your host, Brian Frederick, here on WBFM, podcast, radio. Vinyl Vibrations is musical exploration into sounds and grooves from artists that produce their works on vinyl records. Vinyl records in commercial form date back to 1948 with the first 12-inch LPs, followed in 1958 with the first stereo LP, and into the 60s and 70s, the golden age of vinyl. Even today, some artists produce on vinyl records. Music media formats have come and gone, from the old reel-to-reel stereotype, to the 8-track tape, to the audio cassette, the CD, the digital musical file format, file sharing and downloading, and next, the music cloud. The vinyl LP has stood the test of time, still very playable. They are durable. Vinyl Records captures a rich period in pop, rock, jazz, and classical music history. In each show, I explore difference makers, differentiators, things that have made the artist's work unique and timeless. I'm your host, Brian Frederick, here on Vinyl Vibrations. In today's Vinyl Vibrations podcast, I tour LP records from the 1960s and 1970s where the rock or pop artist is performing classical music or giving a new dimension or technology to classical music. These performances are found on Vinyl LP, and today's show is called Rock the Classics. We'll hear from Frank Zappa, Blood, Sweat and Tears, Jethro Tull, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, Deodato, Steely Dan, and more today on Vinyl Vibrations. On today's podcast episode, Rock the Classics, we will hear Zappa entertain us with time riddles from Stravinsky. Wendy Carlos with the Moog synthesizer reinvents a cantata from Bach. Blood, Sweat and Tears plays soothing music from Eric Satie. Jethro Tull and a jazz rendition of a dance from Bach. Emerson Lake and Palmer rocks us with Bella Bartok, and Deodato provides fanfare from Richard Strauss. Steely Dan celebrates a ragtime classic from jazz great Duke Ellington. In today's podcast, we will hear seven examples of a rock or pop artist, in one case a classical music rocker, performing classical music and with striking interpretations, new instruments or technology, or change to the music meter as influenced by pop or rock rhythm, produced between 1965 and 1977, here on Vinyl Vibrations. Don't touch that dial. It's Vinyl Vibrations, with your host, Brian Frederick, here on WBFM, podcast radio. So let's start today's show, Rock the Classics, here on Vinyl Vibrations. We first hear the song Petrushka as performed by the Mothers of Invention. Petrushka is a ballet with music by Russian composer Igor Stravinsky, composed in 1911, 
It was premiered in Paris, and although the production was a success, it received tepid reviews. The music was reviewed as brittle, caustic, and grotesque. Two years later, in 1913, the Vienna Philharmonic initially refused to play the score, considering the score as dirty music. This seems like a perfect fit for Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. Their bootleg album, Tis the Season to be Jelly, was recorded at Concert Housset, Stockholm, on September 30, 1967. The bootleg album cover features a caricature of Zappa's foot and a smelly sock, appropriate for dirty music. But for the Mothers of Invention to play in the Concert Housset was pretty cool, because this is the main hall for orchestral music in Stockholm and home to the Royal Stockholm Philharmonic Orchestra. With the prospect of this performance, was Zappa compelled, or perhaps inspired, to include something classical when performing here? Petrushka, recorded from this concert, was recorded by Zappa and distributed bootleg. At the time of this recording, Zappa was 26, so this is very early in his recording career. Only one year earlier, in 1966, Zappa had released his debut album, Freak Out, with the Mothers of Invention. And just one week before this concert performance, Frank Zappa married Gail Slotman, with whom he produced four children. Today, we hear a short rendition of Petrushka as arranged for rock band by Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention and as performed in the concert he set in Stockholm in 1967. And now, Petrushka on Vinyl Vibrations. WBFM Podcast Radio
was the 1968 LP Switched On Bach and Wendy Carlos' electronic rendition of Bach's Cantata 147, 10th Movement. Cantata 147 is written by Johann Sebastian Bach. A cantata is a vocal composition with an instrumental accompaniment, typically in several movements, often with a choir. Cantatas were in great demand for the services of the Lutheran Church. This cantata was written for the beginning of the 1716 church year, the season of Advent. It was one segment of a 20-minute church hymn, as is typical of cantatas of the Baroque period. The tenth movement is named Jesu, Joy of Man's Desiring. Wendy Carlos is an American composer and a highly proficient musician and studio engineer. Born Walter Carlos in Pawtucket, Rhode Island in 1939, Wendy Carlos in the mid-1960s worked closely with music synthesizer designer Robert Moog through the development during the commercialization of the Moog synthesizer. You may be familiar with some of Wendy Carlos' work if you saw the 1971 Stanley Kubrick film A Clockwork Orange. That musical score is a powerful example of the use of an electronic synthesizer to render classical music. Three years before A Clockwork Orange soundtrack, Wendy Carlos released her revolutionary album Switched on Bach. This album played a key role in popularizing classical music as performed on an electronic synthesizer. This is one of the first albums to clearly demonstrate the use of the synthesizer as a genuine musical instrument. As an early user of Robert Moog's first commercially available synthesizer modules, Wendy Carlos helped pioneer the technology, which was not user-friendly at that time. In producing Switched On Bach, the technique of multi-track recording played a critical role because each part and each note of a corded part needed to be recorded individually. Switched On Bach went gold in 1969 and platinum in a re-release in 1986. The success of Switched On Bach fostered an increased interest in electronically rendered music and the Moog synthesizer as a new type of musical instrument. In the 1970 Grammy Awards, Switched On Bach took three prizes, Best Classical Album, Best Classical Performance, and Instrumental Soloist and Best Engineered Classical Recording. And before that, we heard the song Petrushka, composed by Igor Stravinsky in 1911, and this rendition by Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention from the bootleg album Tis the Season to Be Jelly, 1967. Next up on Vinyl Vibrations, the song Trois Gymnopédies, composed by Eric Satie and arranged and performed by Blood, Sweat and Tears. Eric Satie, born 1866 in Paris, was an eccentric French composer and pianist. His most famous composition is the Gymnopédies. The Gymnopédies, published in Paris, is three piano compositions, short pieces written in three-quarter time, and today these pieces are regarded as the precursors to modern ambient music, or furniture music as this was once known. 
Today, we use the term background music. Speaking as a composer, I consider the term background music a pejorative expression. Much of what we hear as background music is full of poorly arranged or overplayed pop material such as heard in retail stores, office spaces, on hold music, and of course the elevator. Most would agree background music programs leave much to be desired in terms of the quality of the selection. But as a musician, the term background music is a negative. No self-respecting musician wants their music pushed to the background or stepped on or ignored. The good news is that over the last 100 years, we have seen the reinvention of furniture music or modern ambient music. Through its use as the movie soundtrack, as music jingles in modern advertising, in radio and TV program theme songs. But one of the finest examples of ambient music, Gymnopedes, has survived the test of time, some 123 years running. It is peaceful and mellow, and you can multitask to this music. 80 years following the 1888 debut of Gymnopedes, Blood, Sweat and Tears released their second album in 1968, which included an adaptation of Gymnopedie No. 1, arranged by Dick Halligan, which they titled as Variations on a Theme by Eric Satie, First and Second Movements. The first movement is a straightforward elaboration of the basic theme using flutes, an acoustic guitar, and a triangle. The second movement is louder and it's an abstract variation using brass instruments and the sound, EQ, and effects. Dick Halligan is the song arranger. He's very versatile playing the flute, trombone, organ, piano, and vocals on this album. In 1970, this song earned Blood, Sweat, and Tears a Grammy for Best Contemporary Instrumental Performance. Now. Gymnopedes as performed by Blood, Sweat and Tears, the year 1969.
Don't touch that dial. It's Vinyl Vibrations with your host, Brian Frederick, here on WBFM, podcast, radio.
That was Bure from the stand-up album from Jethro Tull in 1969. The composer is Johann Sebastian Bach. The Bure is a dance of French origin in the 17th century. Bure in E minor is a popular lute piece, the fifth movement from the suite in E minor for lute, written by Johann Sebastian Bach. Believed to be the most famous piece among guitarists, Bure in E minor demonstrates counterpoint as the two voices of the piece, part and counterpart, move independently of one another, so typical of Bach's organ work for left and right hand. In 1969, the progressive rock band Jethro Tull included an instrumental track inspired by Bure and E minor in their album Stand Up. Leader of Jethro Tull, flautist great Ian Anderson is a unique world-class progressive rocker featuring the modern flute as the lead instrument within a rock format. Ian Anderson's tremendous flute expressions, his self-learned technique, and the Vox flute effects within a rock framework clearly set him apart. And almost 45 years following the release of the stand-up LP, Jethro Tull continues to tour. On this album, Jethro Tull is made up of Glenn Cornick on bass guitar, Clive Bunker on drums, Martin Barr on electric guitar, and Ian Anderson on flute. And before that, Trois Gymnopedies on a Theme by Eric Satie, performed by Blood, Sweat and Tears on their 1969 album, released by Sony. Next, the 1970 debut release of Emerson, Lake and Palmer and their performance of The Barbarian on the very first track on side one of that LP. This song is an arrangement for rock band of Bartok's 1911 piano composition, Allegro Barbero. Bela Bartok was a Hungarian composer and pianist. He's considered one of the most important composers of the 20th century and regarded along with Liszt as Hungary's greatest composer. Bela Bartok was born in a small town in Hungary in 1881. At age 21, in 1902, Bartok met Richard Strauss at the Budapest premiere of Also Sprach Zarathustra, and this meeting strongly influenced Bartok's early work. Allegro Barbero was composed in 1911 and is one of Bella Bartok's most famous and frequently performed solo piano pieces. The composition is typical of Bartok's style, utilizing folk elements. The work combines Hungarian scales and Romanian scales. Hungarian peasant music is based on the pentatonic scale and the opening melody of Allegro Barbero is pentatonic and uses only a tone and a minor third, the building block of the pentatonic scale, such as this example. The album Emerson, Lake and Palmer is the 1970 debut of British progressive rock band Emerson, Lake and Palmer. The Barbarian opens side one of this LP this is a reflection of Keith Emerson's younger piano repertoire, now arranged for a rock band. The Barbarian tracks very closely to Bartok's Allegro Barbero piece with the arrangement 
adding in the four parts of lead guitar, bass, organ, and drums. Personnel are Keith Emerson on the Hammond organ and Moog synthesizer, Greg Lake on the acoustic guitar, bass, electric guitar, and vocals, and Carl Palmer on drums and percussion. And now, The Barbarian.
touch that dial. It's Vinyl Vibrations with your host, Brian Frederick, here on WBFM Podcast Radio.
That was the song Also Sprock Zarathustra 2001 from the 1972 album Prelude by Deodato. Also Sprock Zarathustra is a tone poem by Richard Strauss composed in 1896. Strauss conducted its first performance in Frankfurt. A typical performance of Also Sprock lasts 30 minutes. Over 70 years later, the initial fanfare movement in Alsosprock became well known to the public because it was used as the opening theme in Stanley Kubrick's 1968 film, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Brazilian musician Yumir Deodato covered the initial fanfare under the title Also Sprock Zarathustra 2001 on his 1972 album Prelude. It's a jazz-influenced rendition of the introduction from Richard Strauss' composition. Released as the album's single in 1972, Deodato's nine-minute funky rendition peaked at number two on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 Singles Chart and number seven on the UK Singles Chart. It won the 1974 Grammy Award for Best Pop Instrumental Performance. And on this song we have an all-star cast. Yumer Deodato on piano, electric piano. Stan Clark on electric bass. Billy Cobham on drums. And John Tropea on electric guitar. And before that we heard The Barbarian from the Emerson, Lake and Palmer album, composer Bella Bartok, Allegro Barbero, 1911, recorded in 1970 in London and released on Island Records, Atlantic Records, and Manticore in the UK. And our last selection in today's program is Steely Dan in their 1974 rendition of East St. Louis Toodaloo. East St. Louis Toodaloo is a song written by pianist Duke Ellington and trumpeter Bubber Miley, first recorded in New York in 1927. This song is of the ragtime style. Ragtime's main characteristic is its syncopated or ragged rhythm, hence the term ragtime. This backbeat style of music began as dance music in the red light districts of American cities such as St. Louis and New Orleans, many years before being published as popular sheet music for piano. Familiar to many is the early ragtime song from Scott Joplin, his 1899 composition, The Maple Leaf Rag. East St. Louis Toodaloo was the first charting single for Duke Ellington in 1927. The song is structurally perfect, and it is considered by many to be a jazz masterpiece. This song was covered by Steely Dan on their 1974 album, Pretzel Logic. 
You probably did not see much of Steely Dan between 1975 and 1993. Their early tour history was brief, and the tour in support of Pretzel Logic would be the last time Steely Dan appeared live until 1993. Becker and Fagan disliked touring and wanted to concentrate solely on writing and recording. This led Becker and Fagan to move to a studio process on all later albums, but still under the name Steely Dan. This version of East St. Louis Toulou is a note-for-note -note rendition of the original composition. For Steely Dan, there are many reasons this song is unique. First, this is the only instrumental ever done by Steely Dan. It's the only Steely Dan song until that time to feature a banjo, and is the only song on which Donald Fagan is credited with playing the saxophone. Fagan also plays the piano lead. This album also marks the first time Walter Becker would play guitar on a Steely Dan album. Musicians on this song are Donald Fagan, saxophone and piano solo, Walter Becker, lead guitar, Jeff Skunk Baxter on pedal steel guitar, Jim Hodder on drums. And now, side two, track two from Steely Dan's Pretzel Logic, their rendition of Duke Ellington's East St. Louis Toodaloo, here on Vinyl Vibrations. Oh, 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 
touch that dial. It's Vinyl Vibrations with your host, Brian Frederick, here on WBFM, podcast, radio. That was East St. Louis Toodaloo from the album Pretzel Logic by Steely Dan in 1974, released on ABC, their rendition of Duke Ellington's East St. Louis Toodaloo. That's it for today's show, Rock the Classics, on Vinyl Vibrations. Stay tuned for more episodes. This is your host, Brian Frederick, saying see you on the next episode of Vinyl Vibrations. Rock the Classics on Vinyl Vibrations with your host, Brian Frederick here on WBFM Podcast Radio